All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome back, listeners, to the FS360 podcast. Um, I'm uh, your host today, Gavin Nash, but uh, I'm going to hand over the hosting duties today to a good podcaster here at Mulcane Co., Danny Archer. G'day, Danny. G'day, Gav. How are you going? You better tell me what's going on here. Roles are reversed a little bit. I'm actually quite nervous in that I'm on the other side of the um, of the microphone today. So I thought, you know, why not put you in the guest chair and I'll be the host and I'll ask you some questions about marketing because I'll be frank, I'm not an expert in the in the field. So I know you say you learn a lot when you do interview a lot of the employees from LK from certainly do, yeah, from certain teams. So I thought why not why not put the um put the shoe on the other foot, so to speak, and we'll go from there. Great. Well, that makes me a bit nervous too, mate. <laughs> I'm usually usually good at asking the questions and then just letting people talk. But today, apparently you're going to ask me some questions. So I will be the man. So I guess for our listeners, the reason why this came to pass was we had a referral come through to the financial planning team um, from, a, from a client in, in Geelong who wanted to open up a new business. And it turned out that financial planning for her right now and then probably wasn't the service that was of most benefit to her. It was more a marketing and a business business plan, so accounting service that she needed. And as a result, I referred her over to, to the marketing team to Gavin here. And he sent through a marketing plan for me to on forward to, to the client. And then they've sort of taken the ball and ran with it from there. And I obviously read through the marketing plan because I was, I was quite interested in the business idea first and foremost, as, as was Gavin. And I found the marketing plan quite fascinating a lot more goes into it than I initially thought you know my sort of experience with marketing was while I was at uni and I said to you before I fair gave we got you know two percent of our overall score per, uh, per tutorial attended so naturally I went to 10 tutorials that year and got 20 percent lucky I did because I just passed overall wasn't obviously my thing more of a numbers man um so that was sort of my extensive experience with marketing and then the marketing plan came through and it sort of blew me away in how much detail goes into it to the minute, um, you know, nucleus of everything. Because, you know, my understanding of marketing was effectively brand awareness for a business mm. and a public perception. But broadly speaking, a lot more goes into it than that. Yeah, it's sort of, it's a, it's what we, we actually get uh, asked or commented to us quite a bit, uh, what you just said there, Danny. So a lot of people don't really realise that there's a fair bit of sort of, um, strategy that goes into marketing uh, and there's different sort of um, and hopefully in our conversation today we'll sort of cover a few different sort of silos of marketing and what you can do um, even down to like what is marketing you know what is the definition of what marketing is for a business so and just to put you in the in the, in the light Danny our obviously we've got a lot of different clients here at Mulcane Co um, and you guys might deal with individuals and businesses our our work is nearly always with businesses. So we're really a business-to-business -business, um, relationship. So, yeah, we're helping businesses market themselves to get more customers, maybe communicate with their current customers and develop their brand over time. So, Which yeah. is all part of the FS360 service that Mulcahy offer, obviously. Number number 10 there is the marketing plan. So we, we yep. cater to individuals and, and businesses of all sizes. So let's get into it, Gavin. Now, as I said, marketing... Nervous, might seem might, Don't, ooh, just go you? easy on me. Well, <laughs> if you're nervous, I'm nervous because you're meant to be the guru at these. Nah, we'll, so be right. we'll be right, I reckon. It's just two people having a chat. So, <laughs> marketing is a broad term. I think it's probably fair to say those that aren't specialised in it would consider it a broad term. And what does it mean? Which I think is is cool in that it means the opportunities are effectively endless because it is so broad. So, what does it mean for small to medium businesses? 
Well, I'm going to focus today's chat, Danny, on small to mediums because that's who we deal mostly with here at Molkanko. So it's a little bit different to a McDonald's. You know, they're a big international um, corporate uh, conglomerate. So often that's the advertising that people see and they sort of go, oh, how did McDonald's get to be that big or that brand or whatever? So a lot of what we do is, and what I'm going to talk about today is small to medium businesses. So that's who we deal with mostly here. So if I was to define marketing, marketing is the action. So marketing is the things that you do. Um, that might be advertising, whatever. And your branding for your business is your business's identity. So if I was to example, give you an example, so marketing can be an ad campaign in a newspaper, TV, radio. We call that sort of above-the-line advertising. Um, could be a Google ad these days. You know, It could be an article on your website. Maybe it's social media posting and boosting. could be the signage at the front of your business or on your, on your vehicles. Um, and, of course, you know, part of that is your marketing plan. So, which, as you said, is step 10 of the FS360 process here. So, so marketing is really that action. So, you're taking action on, on, on behalf of your brand um, or your identity of your business. So, the branding is your business identity. So, that's the things that customers remember after they've dealt with your company. So, we've all had those experiences, Danny, where you go to the laundromat, you drop off some clothes, you know, the guy puts his cigarette down, it's butted out, and you've had a horrible experience, and uh, you walk out of there going, that just looked like a really dodgy setup. I wasn't happy to leave my suit there to get cleaned. That's the business's brand. So the brand there is the thing that people remember. So mm-hmm. that you know, hopefully, you know, I'll give you some, some big examples that you might sort of understand uh, worldwide. So Apple, let's say Apple, the iPhone, um, yep. uh, Apple computers, um, they, they do a heap of software as well. So Apple is known for sort of high quality tech products that innovate. So they've got a very innovative um sort of brand identity. So when you're talking about their brand identity, people go, Danny, what's Apple? You go, well, they're high tech. They're always innovating. They invented the iPhone. Sleek design, yeah. ahead of the curve. Yep. maybe all of the, that. And even maybe even that they're a little bit more expensive. They're not really known for their low prices. Like you can't buy an iPhone 13 for 200 bucks anywhere. You know, they're like $1,400 or whatever they are. So you can't – so they're not, they're not trying to compete on price. So – so let's say, here's another one, Netflix. I've got a couple of notes written down here, Danny. So Netflix is known for high tech, but also for convenience and at an affordable price. So Netflix might only cost you $13 a month in Australia, but it's convenient. You can watch your shows whenever you want, and it's high tech. It'll work on your phone. It'll work seamlessly on your home TV. Um, so it's really Too well, convenient, if you ask me. I spend exactly. too much time in front of the TV watching well, Netflix, but they well, do a good job. I wish I was only paying for Netflix. You know, I've got yeah. kids at home, mate. We've ended up with Netflix, Stan, Disney Plus, Apple Prime, Plus, and everything. So, all the rest. Um, I've got a couple of other examples. Aldi supermarkets. So let's say um, Aldi, Aldi are probably known for their low prices, but they're not really known yep. for their full range. So they're not a supermarket where you can go in and go, I can get um, gluten-free this or almond meal for my whatever – um, you're going to have to go to a Coles or a Woolies to get that range, but what they've got is cheap. So yep. people understand that. That's part of their brand identity. So, And the last one I'll give you is, is McDonald's. We spoke about it earlier. So they're known for low prices and convenience. Are they known for nutrition? Probably not. Are they known for quality high-end coffee? No, but coffee's good enough. It's okay. It's convenient. Does the job. It's convenient and it's not expensive. So, So... When we talk about brand identity, that's the, that's the identity of your business and the marketing is the things you do to help sort of get your customers in or whatever. For, so for small to medium businesses, if I was to wrap that question up, um, it's important for all businesses to develop a brand identity over time. So this is central to what you do with your marketing efforts. So the idea is to really think about what your identity is. Is that low prices? Is that I'm open seven days a week? Is it... Um, 
you know, that uh, I'm a, a higher price option, but we've got better customer service and better products. Maybe that's what it is. So um, uh, there's heaps of different examples, but I've just given you a few there, Danny, just to sort of um, allow you to sort of the listeners to sort of listen into what we're talking about. So marketing's the action, branding yep. is your identity. The example I resonate most with there is the upper one in that uh, Simon Sinek is a big TED Ted Talker, he came up with a bit of a theory called the golden circle and you start with the why, not your what. Yep. So in financial planning, going back to the previous podcast, why do you want to achieve a goal? Why? If it's yep. if it's organic and you're passionate about it, you're more inclined to achieve it rather than it just be something off a whim. And their why, you know, what do they do? They make high quality computers and tech. Why? To innovate, to be the best and to bring the future to the present. Yep. And that makes them so exciting. And therefore, they can charge more because people are happy to pay for that premium for those three experiences. Absolutely. Innovative product, future, all those sort of things. And that all goes down to their brand identity and their marketing. And clearly, you know, second biggest company in the world, they're good at it. Yeah, they're very good at it. I I had a good example. My father-in-law, Danny's sort of mid-70s, the other day asked about a laptop for home. He said, maybe I should move over to an Apple. He's 75. And I said, oh, it's a good time to change from Windows to an Apple when you're 75. But he did, but he sort of got shocked at what it was going to cost him to buy an Apple laptop. And I mm-hmm. said, I tried to explain to him that the, the quality is higher, the specs are higher, it's going to last you longer. So this laptop will last you five or six years for what you use it for. It works out. His current cheaper. laptop's only lasted three years. You know, So he's paid half for the Windows laptop, but the Mac laptop might last him a bit longer. Um, uh, so it Makes sense a, to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sort of makes sense over time, but sometimes it's hard to... Spend that $1,500 on the iPhone when you can actually get a, a Google phone or a Samsung for 1000 and you sort of go, well, you know, is it worth that much more? But as you say, there's brand loyalty there because of the identity they've developed over time. So, Absolutely. All right, Gab. So let's say I'm thinking of starting up a small business. What should I do to get my marketing, my brand awareness going? Well, I reckon this has changed over the years, mm-hmm. uh, Danny. So it's at the moment, um, I would say the number one thing is to get a solid digital footprint. So when I talk about digital footprint, we've said it on a few of the other podcasts, but that is how is your business shown uh, and communicated online? So that's on Google search, um, on your website, on your social media accounts. Um, Microsoft's got its own search engine now getting some traction, Microsoft Bing. So it's a Bing business listing as well. Um, And particularly, as you said before, the the world's changed a little bit. And I know the first thing I do when I hear about something is I'll Google it. Yep. or I'll look for their Instagram or a LinkedIn, or yep. I'm less inclined to go to their shop front in town, yep. mainly because they mightn't have one, e-commerce and all, all of those sort of things. Yep. The COVID world, we're getting more and more reliant on technology. Therefore, they, this digital footprint part of it, having some type of footprint in the digital world is effectively paramount, I would I would suggest. And that's why it's number one on the list. You know, If you're going to start a business yep. or you're taking over a business, um, I've just had a phone call this morning, Danny, from a client that we did a website for about five years ago. The business has changed hands. The new owner's given me a ring about the digital footprint. There you go. They want to update it. They want to do some stuff with it. So I think that's the number one thing. People aren't really going to the yellow pages like they used to. Um, They're not really, you know, they're still going to use word of mouth, but the digital footprint is like this. You've spoken in financial planning before, Danny, about solid foundation in your investment. That's what the digital footprint is. It's the foundations Mm -hmm. underneath the house to make sure it's working well. So the footprint, as I said, is your Google listing, your Bing listing, your website, um, your social media accounts and pages, and also any other business listings that you're part of. So I'll give you an example. Plenty of my clients, Danny, have still got a digital yellow pages listing because yep. it's still a really well-visited digital uh, business um, directory in Australia, the yellow pages. So it's still worth 
some of your marketing budget to probably still be in the Yellow Pages, but in their digital. So I was not aware of that. Yeah, I thought so Yellow Pages was a thing of the past, a bit like the, the maps that you'd have in your car. Yeah, which the is Malways. Malways, yeah, Malways, exactly, yeah. sorry. Which is now obviously transferred to, to probably Google Maps, and but I didn't realise that. So no, and, there I think, you go. and I think even our own marketing strategy here at Mulcane Co is that we do have we do have Yellow Pages digital yep. listings for every, every office. So it can really help um, listings on that, these other directories like Yellow Pages, especially if you're a franchisee. Um, the head office website, having a listing on that. So um, let's say you, you know, you've got a Baker's Delight um, franchise or you've got a tractor dealership franchise or a car franchise. So the idea is even though you're part of a larger group, it doesn't mean you can't do your own local area marketing around yep. where, you're in, you know, where you are. So the idea is to make sure that you're linked on their website because people might search for your product, land on the head office website and they want to get to their local dealer or their franchisee. So, yep. um, but the key to that digital footprint is to get it consistent, Danny. So that's the bit that people probably don't get right enough. So that when I say consistent, the logo's the same on everything, the photos are the same, your business description and what your services and products are are the same. They're consistent, they're repeated over and over again. Yeah. Um, rather than sort of, oh, I've got a Google listing. I had the other day, Danny, where I had a client ring up and say, oh, look, you know, people turned up here on the public holiday for Melbourne Cup Day. The, the web told them we were open. So I look back, their Google listing we had is closed, their website we had is closed, their social media we had is closed. Hasn't been refreshed for a period, yep. Yeah, so we, we said they were closed, but then there's some other listings around too that, you know, um, that had that someone had found that they were open somewhere. So the idea is you've got to get your digital footprint um, established, but then you've got to get it consistent. And, and that comes back to the brand awareness yeah. part of it too. You want the same thing to be promoted all the time, so there's a level of consistency throughout yep. your message. And we've all had it, Danny, where you've a local cafe, you think, oh, yeah, they're open till 4. Yep. I'll go there at 3.30 and they're shut. They wind and up. you go, Google just told me they were open till 4. So it's frustrating So and that leaves a bad taste in, in your mouth as a customer, so it affects the brand identity. So yep. the idea is to get this digital footprint in, in place and that, yeah, to answer your question, is probably the first step any any business should do. So you've assuming you've nailed your digital footprint. Now, again, the purpose of marketing that you and I have discussed is to get more customers clearly you know, how can I market myself to get more customers? I've got my digital footprint. I need more customers. What would you recommend from here? Um, well, there's, there's probably two main reasons people use marketing or advertising is to get more customers in or possibly to keep or communicate to their current client base. So of course, um, yep. is the other one. So, But let's say the first thing you need to do is get more customers in the door. So now it's time to advertise. You've got your digital footprint in place. Um, it's time to advertise and actively market your business out there. So... Really, the options here, Danny, are sort of endless. Um, they could be from taking a radio campaign out to having a Google Ads um, uh, campaign running to maybe these days you could pay an influencer on Instagram to show your product or promote your product. So there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, all can work, but um, in different ways for different businesses. But the trick is to find the thing that works best for your business and then stick with it. So I'll give you an example. Like we've got a... Um, uh, a, a dealership um, that we do some work for a tractor dealership and over the years we've been working with them for about nine years now and over the years we've tried radio we've tried digital we've tried tv ads we've tried a lot of different things and we've now settled on the four or five things that work for them to get them inquiry for new customers and that's what we're doing over and over again so whenever it comes up and we go oh should we be jumping on radio we go back to the the other time that we tried radio and it didn't work and go, well, it didn't work last time. Why would we spend another three or $4,000 on that when it didn't work last time? So um, so sometimes 
the options are a bit endless, and that's why you, you hire someone like like me, Danny, and my team to come in and help. Yep. But um, the idea is that some things in your marketing plan you might try, and they don't work, and that's valuable information. It's cost you just some money to find that out. But in your industry, with your customer base, uh, and how people are searching, whatever it is, some things might work great, and others won't. So. We've got a couple of clients who are on Google Ads now, Danny, and yep. that, that's all they do. So they've got a digital footprint and Google Ads. That's it. So they've taken away every other piece of advertising and marketing that they do because that works for them. I've, on the flip side, I've also had clients that have taken up a Google Ads campaign for three to six months. Hasn't worked. So Not for, for different industries and different businesses, it can change. So but It's like the old sporting adage, isn't it? You either win or learn effectively. Yeah, exactly. So if you win on a few, then great. If you... Don't, then you learn that, well, we won't go down that path again a little bit, which using a tractor dealership, you're not probably going to employ an Instagram influencer or anything like that. It might not, you know, quite um, resonate with your target market, which a bit of common sense there. But even one that I would have thought that radio may have worked if you're for a tractor Mm. dealership, if you're sort of appealing to people in a tractor in the farm, listening to the radio and their tractors are 15 years old and they're like, oh, geez, I need a new one. That adds at at a good time. So if I were doing this without a marketing guru like yourself, if I didn't employ a marketer, I probably would have done that. So yep. it's in- interesting to know that in this particular in- in, um, interest, it didn't work. No. So and there you go. And look, it's sort of, we were probably the same. That's probably why we, we went down that suggested path. Yeah, in the yeah, first yeah. place. So but again, tr- win or learn. Exactly. And you try it. And look, some of these, probably the, the trick is to not look at the massive international brands like Apple and McDonald's that we've spoken about and see what they do. Because McDonald's and Harvey Norman, they'll just smash Bunnings, they'll just smash TV over and over again. Yeah. They're also spending, but the thing is with those guys, for every dollar they're spending on TV, they're probably spending $3 on Google ads and other things and influencers and stuff as well. So yep. those budgets are massive. Yep. So you just, for a small to medium business, you've got to probably stop looking at those big national um, franchises and go, well, I've got to find the thing that works for me. I will make a note there too, mate. That that franchisee idea, we've got quite a few clients who, yes, they're part of a major national brand, but they're the local dealership or they're the local franchisee. So a lot of what we can do for clients too is that LAM, we call it, local area marketing. So Mm -hmm. it's that sort of idea of doing stuff in your community, um, like things like sponsorship and um, supporting community groups that you can then get some marketing benefit out of. So... There's quite a bit that you can do that you're not yeah, necessarily going to get from your national franchise um, head office. That quite often with uh, franchises and stuff, they'll do a lot of the uh, media booking and stuff for the above the line stuff, uh, but they won't necessarily do a lot of the social media for you locally or the local relationships and all that stuff. So um, yeah, but that just gives you an example that sort of once it's time to advertise and actively promote, there are. Unfortunately, or fortunately, there's like you know hundreds of different options. The idea is to find the thing that works for your business and keep doing it. Well said. So, touching on you said you know the two purposes for marketing are firstly to get more customers or get new customers, and the second purpose is to re-engage your current client base. So, I've actually heard that it can be cheaper to turn those current clients into higher yielding clients than it might be to attract new clients in their own right. So, is that right? It is, mate. Now, there's a heap of different studies I could probably uh, quote here, but they all vary slightly. But in general, all of them will always say that it's much cheaper to get a current client to be a bigger client, um, to spend more money within your business, than it is to go and get a cold client off the street into your business. So it's going to cost you less. So um, that's because there's things that we can do, um, such as um, loyalty programs or... um, 
lots of different ways that you can communicate with your current client list that costs you less money than going out and buying Google ads or radio ads or TV ads. So, um, a common one there that I can think of actually is probably the banks. Yep. In that, you know, a lot of them, you know, socially you could question it, but they they're more inclined just to keep you and offer you a credit card or offer you more debt or even increase your rate if you've got a variable and without potentially telling you because that's cheaper for them than it is to go and find a new mortgage with a completely new person, new applications. That all costs money to get them on board. Absolutely. I'm already on board. It's cheaper for me, cheaper for them to give me 300 grand more of a loan yep. with the associated interest rate 100%. than it is to sign up you with a new $300,000 loan. So that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that's the uh, and the example you gave is exactly correct in that you, they've got you for one service, Um and they tack on other ones. And they tack on the credit card. So Of course they do. So in a lot of ways, let's say you're if, – if, if the listeners are out there listening, Danny, and they, and they think, well, how does this work for my business? Think about if you've got five different services in your business, five different products, and you've got clients that are only buying one or two, how do you get them to buy four or five? So that's mm. – and there's a whole sort of strategy around, well, if I keep in contact with them, if I get them to follow my socials, if I send them an email every now and again, like a um, bulk email to all my clients, that sort of thing, it can really get them on board and increase that spend from your current client base that you're spending with. So the, the loyalty program I spoke about earlier, Danny, um, I've, I've got one on my phone now, Baker's Delight, Dogit as they call it. Yep. So I'm a bit of a sucker for these programs. So I, I get the app on my phone. Every time I go in, I scan it. And for every $50, I get a $5 thing for free. So as soon as it, the app sees that I've spent $50, I get a loaf of bread for five bucks for, for nothing. They just let you walk out with it, you know? So, so that's effectively a win-win in a way, is it? Like, as in, you're always going to go there. So uh, once you do accumulate that $50 yep. spend, they give you a fiver. Yep. The win from there is you spend the 50 bucks because you know yep. after a while you're going to get the fibers. So you're going to spend the money anyway, probably. Yeah. You're going to yep. get bread or rolls or whatever yep. it might be. They may as well have you spend it with them. Yeah, exactly. So it's not doesn't really cost you any more or less no. overall. It's just it's going to Baker's Delight rather than a competitor. Yep. So from that's how the win-win works. But it stops me walking into Woolies next door Correct, and buying yeah. bread in there because I go, oh, I'm going to get the points and whatever, and then I'll get a free load of uh, cheesy mites scrolls take home to the kids or whatever. So, yep. And really that just equates to a 10% off. So they could also put a big banner up that said 10% off if you scan your card. They could just do that every day. But instead they let it build up and then give you the $5 back. So... But loyalty programs, that they can take different shapes and forms, but they're all designed around getting you to revisit the business. So we're talking retail when we're talking loyalty programs. That's fine. Um, but uh, the same thing for – that's why Flybys started. That's why, you know, Woolies have got the uh, rewards card where you get cheap uh, three cents off your fuel and, and whatever. I use that so one. It's you fill one. your car up and it, you get two bucks off. Well, Lick a land. It, it's, all, it's all money, isn't it? That, that's the way I look at it. Um, some people don't like them. They just don't participate in them so and that's if fine you've got the choice yeah but if you're a business you should offer it you should of have course. some sort of a loyalty program because how do you sort of get people to spend more inside your business if if not so um an e-news out to your client database it's a cheap and easy way to get to your client base regularly so i've got a lot of clients that will just send a monthly e-news and danny's um a lot of our clients only about 30 to 40 percent of their clients open them so there you go. really the 60% of people that don't even open those emails, even though they've subscribed to them and they're, and they're happy to get them, they, but what it does, even if they don't open the email, they see your brand and they go, oh, I'm not interested in those, a tractor at the moment or, a, or bread or whatever, delete, that's fine. But on other occasions I might open it up because I've got some time and I'm interested in looking at it. So the, and the trick there is to sort of, um, that the e-news itself going out to your e-news database 
um, your client database of emails doesn't actually cost you much money. Like that doesn't cost you anywhere near as, as much as it would to put ads in the paper or no. on the radio. So it's a, it, it's a cheap um, – you can communicate things like latest deals, you know, new staff members starting, maybe some new opening hours. Maybe you've sponsored a community group and you want to promote to your customers – that you're helping the community. So this is where you do it. So you might also, um, a, a great thing that the e-news is good for, Danny, that we enact with a lot of our clients is let's say your e-news goes out once a month and there's four items on your e-news. One, two, three, four. Um, there's your four posts for the month. Go and yeah. post each one of those items once a week to your social media accounts and there's your social media sorted as well. So I think sometimes um, it can be just a matter of going, well, I've developed that content once but what I'm going to do is use it a few times rather than having to – I can also add it to my website as an article or whatever and to increase my digital footprint. So um, lots of those things are about growing the current client database that you've got and make them – you know, encourage them to spend a bit more. And one one that I really like, well, a form of marketing, and I find probably the most powerful in that it's, it's a very warm form, is the, the referrals, the word of mouth. You yep. do a good job for someone and they refer. So from a financial planning point of view – I think the stats show that if we get a referral from an existing client, our chances of signing up that client are higher than any other type of yep. marketing yield. Um, you know, so offering a reward to effectively refer, you know, offering a reward or to a family or a family member or a friend to come to your business, that's Ab- another big one. Absolutely. And I think th- then you, what you're doing, because everybody will say to you, Danny, and I hear this over and over again, and I actually 100% agree with it, oh, word of mouth's the best marketing, because it is. It absolutely is. But you've got to do these other things to encourage it, to help it nurture it and to get it going for you. Otherwise, people aren't going to just come up in conversation and go, do you know what, I bought a mower off this guy and they were great, you know. Um, But if you you could somehow, you know, there was some – an email came up on your phone or, you know, you were talking to a friend and their social media video came up and you're, oh, mate, look at these guys, I just bought a mower off them. Here they are on Facebook. So they're not going to talk about you or refer you Without some of that other stuff happening. So I I kind of think of it as it's a result of marketing to get the business or the service or the good you're offering to a certain point. But it it does take a good plan to obviously get you to that level. And and this is where a lot of people probably get caught up. They sort of go bullet gate at marketing for a month and then they get fatigued by it and think, oh, I can't do it. So that's where the marketing plan, which is, again, step 10 of our FS360 process, Mm -hmm. let's get out a calendar, which we do with a lot of our clients, and say here's the 12 months of the year. What do you want to do? Okay. Let, let, let's work out. We're going to do an e-news once every two months. But the four or five items in there, they're going to become social media posts. Then we're going to do an e, you know, something else with, you know, introduce a loyalty program or we're going to do something else. Or part of your marketing plan might be to do some TV and radio or some Google ads and spend some money there. So that, that could be that as well. And but you did touch on something just there that, you know, talking about the adaption of the world and the world changes to tech, social media, everyone uses it in some form yeah. or another, whether it's good or bad, that's the reality of it. A lot of marketing does occur on social media platforms. So just talk us through how does it does it work into all of this? What are the benefits? What are things to look out for? Is it something to pursue? Um, just talk to us about the social media side of marketing, please. Yeah, look, I think it's, um, it's one of those things that um, there's lots of different Again, there's a lot of options, you know, so you've really got to pick your, your platform. So um, I'll give you an example, Facebook that probably, you know, most people have got a, a, an account or have had an account. Um, it's really an older demographic now. Yep. So it's sort of like your 25, 30 and above is really your Facebook. Um, TikTok, much younger demographic. Um, LinkedIn allows you to sort of add links into your posts um, in more of a professional network. So you can link back to your website from your posts. 
Instagram doesn't allow you to do that. No. So there's a lot of different sort of nuances with each of those social media accounts that make it um, – you've just got to work within their system as to what you do. So, But, look, to give you an example, um, uh, you know, you can do things like giveaways um, to, you know, increase your um, – uh, followers. So I suppose the idea with social media is you get some followers. Yep. Then every post you put up is free. So then you're getting out to a lot more people. Um, but you've got to build those followers in the first place. So how do you do that? Is you develop and, and give out some decent content. So whether that's some knowledge, you know, you give away some information or some knowledge, or you do a giveaway. You know, I've got one running at the moment for a client. They're giving away a Weber barbecue, you know, over their social media account. So um, tag a friend in, that sort of thing. So you sort of see that a friend who follows their business tags in a friend, that friend sees it and goes, oh, okay, I might tag a friend, I might follow them and tag a friend as well and I might have a go at winning the barbie. So, um, But it also might be a business that they're quite happy to follow too, they just didn't know about it, you know. So um, so I suppose social media is there as a way to try and get your information out there. Um, some real um, basics that you should get right, Danny, is things like spelling and grammar. You know, a lot of yeah. people don't do that bit very well. Um, and just developing that content. I know there's some... Um, you know, we're a graphic designers, so we can design stuff for people, but there's options like Canva and whatever where you can sort of do some of that stuff yourself. Um, and the idea of your, your free following is that you build that over time, but you can actually pay to have some ads that push out to a whole lot of people. Um, and a lot of those are geographic too, Danny. So mm. you can sort of say Facebook's Instagram, LinkedIn, there's one of the few um, areas where you can say, righty, I'm going to target like a Voca plus 20 kilometres and I'm just going to market to people in that area. So, or Williamstown plus 5Ks, for example, you can yep. just do that. And you can just market to females or males or both in an age group. So a lot of them are pretty targeted what you can you do. You can, so you can yeah. drill down into a pretty, as you said, targeted, yep. pretty niche yep. space of your market yep. if that's what you want in Absolutely. particular areas, different times of the year, different changes to environments, economically, whatever it might be. Yep. So you can be as broad or as isolated as your overall marketing plan needs to be. And, and your budget can reflect that too. Yep. So you can just say, I'm going to boost an ad, I'm going to boost a post on Facebook and Instagram for $27.50, you know, and it's going to get to 2,000 people in this area over the next seven days. Um, and that comes back to the digital footprint, obviously, in that, as I said, most people are using some form of social media. So yep. I'm sure the listeners know when, when you scroll through your feed, Again, you might have been speaking about a particular product, which is a bit scary, but that's a story for another day. And now, voice recognition, yeah. and now the voice recognition has that Weber barbecue up or a car or something. You go, oh, how did that happen? But that's <laughs> all part of the brand awareness in that yep. more eyeballs on a particular brand per day, the more likely you are to use that particular label for that service or good that you're after. Yep. And I think the, th the thing that trips people up, Danny, is they think, oh, I've got to, I don't want to get a social media thing going for my business because I'm worried people are going to say bad things about my business on the comments. Mm -hmm. Well, if you own your own social media account, you can you can block or delete comments or, or hide them and you can ban users. So if you've just got a pest that is just a pesky... Which happens, doesn't ex -client, it? Sometimes that happens. You can actually ban them from your pages. So they're your pages and so at least you can sort of do something with them. So... Um, but I suppose it's it's easy to get overwhelmed by, oh, what do I... Do I have to post every day? Do I have to post twice a day? Again, it comes back to your business. Look, if you're mm. a cafe and you've got soup of the day and you've got some special things in your cafe that are only for that day, well, you've probably got to post them every day. You do, of course. But yeah. if you're a um, you know, car dealership or if you're a bakery, you might only have to do it once or Monthly twice a week. Monthly special. Yeah. So just, yep. yeah, once or twice a week, maybe once once a fortnight might, might be enough. Um, uh, social media doesn't mean, oh, I've got to put a heap of time and effort into it. Um, 
the key is planning. So I suppose that's the you know, get your calendar out. Let's work out how we're going to plan things out. Um, yep, commit to it on a Wednesday at midday. I've got to have a post up, um, and the next Monday by midday I've got to have another post up. So then you commit to it in your in your week's work, and it doesn't become this big issue. We have a lot of clients that walk through the door, Danny. Go, yeah, we've got Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but yeah, I can't remember the last time we posted. And I go back and look, and it's two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, okay. Well you're better off just deleting those counts and not having them. So um, unless you're active on them and you're doing stuff, but people get overwhelmed, but you've just got to plan. That's the, like you plan to pay your wages every week, you plan to pay your rent well, every it's, week. It's part of your, your business plan. It's part it of is. And, and the less is more strategy could could be the one that you need to adopt, again, depending on your particular mm. business offering, which is why, you know, it pays to it pays to use use someone like yourself. It's actually interesting because I have come across that Weber promotion on my own have social media go, accounts. Mate. I it's absolutely working. have. It's working. So it is it is working. <laughs> the more eyeballs, the better. And I, I wouldn't mind a Weber. I've got one, but you know, two is always good. Yeah, and a free one. Absolutely. Too. So that's interesting because yeah, social media obviously is probably not going away. In fact, I suspect in the next five years, the usership on it across the world is probably going to double. So why yep. not? Yep. But again, it, it, it's, it, it is important to understand that there are limitations and there is a certain plan that you do need to adopt. One last thing on the social media, Daniel, we'll say is you are ref- you are reliant on the platform. Yep. So you, you can't say, I'm going to do social media and that's it. I'm not going to have a website, for example. Because what happened with the news services in Australia last year where Facebook said, you know what? All new services are off. They just turned off the Ballarat Courier, our local paper, got turned off on yep. Facebook. So you went to their Facebook page, it existed, there was no posts there. And then, you know, uh, pressure came and then a couple of weeks later they reinstated all those news services. But I mean, there's outages. Like not long ago there was mm-hmm. the social media, I think, was it Facebook, Net- yes. uh, Netflix, uh, Insta, and, it was only and a couple of others. A few hours, a few but hours, a lot but of yeah. marketing content. Yeah, Go exactly. on if that was your only platform. So you can't really sort of say, I'm just going to do socials. You really have to have that digital footprint in case of other things so that's why i say things like your e-news so your, your client base emails that you send out that we spoke about earlier you own that list that's your they're your customers so you they've agreed to get emails from you so you can use that forever no one can stop you using that yeah facebook can turn the whole thing off tomorrow and you can, want. and all of your six thousand followers are gone so um that's why i sort of say you know keep the things that are in your control like your website your digital footprint your e-news and social media, we can add that on. Um, we can work within the parameters. Like, as I said, Instagram, you can't link. LinkedIn, you can. Facebook, you can. All those things. De- demographic sizes. And that's like an add-on to it. But as you say, it's not going anywhere, is it? So it, it's, it can be a very important part, but it must always be a part. It mustn't be overall. Yeah, it mustn't everything. be everything. Yeah, absolutely. One last question that I really had for you, Gavin, until I might get you to give us a bit of a summary of, of everything that we've discussed and use a live example is I've come across a term called content creation. Yep. Those out there may know what we mean, but I don't really know what it is. So what is it and why is it important for marketing? Well, um, I've got a son, Danny, he's just finished journalism at uni and the jobs he's applied for and the jobs he does, he's working now, but the jobs he had to apply for after uni were all called content creation. They weren't called journalists or writer or you know they're all content creation so and he's like interesting you know and he's talking to me about what that is and and i think if we were to sort of say it it is an important part of marketing it's probably more for service-based businesses rather than an online store or shopping or or a product-based business so when i say service-based that's us you know that's an architect a, a plumber all the trades that sort of thing so content creation is sort of um is the term given to things like writing articles, recording videos, posting on your social media. Um, it's become um, the key to how a lot of the marketing is done in the current day sort of marketplace out there. So 
as I said earlier, marketing used to be a broad brushstroke of ads to convince you to buy. These days, we're working in what's called the trust economy. Um, okay. So that's that word of mouth. Okay, well, do I trust this business to go to them and get my house designed or um, to get my accounting done or to get my financial planning done, whatever? And so a bit of that will be reading your website offers, a bit of it will be reading your social media, a bit of it will be about listening to your podcast, reading an article that's on your website, yep. um, talking to a friend, getting a re- recommendation. So um, if we think about Airbnb reviews, this review economy we're working in now, um, Trustpilot, TripAdvisor, you know, there's everything's Google reviews, Facebook reviews. So it's this what we call a trust economy. So the idea is to try and get yourself um, – to be the trusted expert in that area. So in a lot of ways, um, it's what we do here at Mulcanco because we'd like to be able to educate our clients and give them some handy information um, to go off and make their decisions on things. But what it's doing the whole time is making us a, an expert in the area. So Google's algorithm now used to be all keywords. So it used to be like, okay, I want to be found for plumbing, air conditioning and hydronic heating. You know? Yep. In my business. So that you, as long as you had those keywords in your website over and over again, you were laughing. You would come up in the Google algorithm. Now the algorithm's all about trust and rewarding content. So um, I've got a, we've got a, a refrigeration um, uh, plumber, mechanic, uh, at our Mildura office who uh, does a lot of that sort of big cool rooms and stuff for commercial places. So we've now got him writing articles because – quite techie it's quite it's almost like computer-based sort of work that he does now so we've got him writing articles about his business and his services because that positions him as expert google likes the fact that he's constantly putting these articles up and educating the world and um the articles are dated and um the website's getting updated all the time so when someone searches for that service his website's more likely to come to the top which is sort of boils down to sort of what we call SEO and the search engine optimization of your website. So content creation is p- developing content, whether that's a written article or a video or social media posts, all around establishing you as expert. And it, as I said, it sort of works best for service-based businesses rather than product-based businesses. So, for example, if you had a Baker's Delight franchise, you probably wouldn't put articles up about baking bread. Um, it's not really going to help you. Uh, they're more of a product-based retail store. So, But if you're an architect and you were uh, specifically uh, designing green homes that have got you know eight-star ratings, mm. then articles about how to achieve that is going to be great for your website yeah, um, to get mm-hmm. you back up that list in Google. So content creation is a bit of a broad term, mate, and it can these days it's sort of anyone from a journalist right through to what we're doing here, but it's about sort of giving away some information via articles to help you become an expert to the world. Yeah, that's interesting answer. I didn't actually realise that Google had changed their algorithm like that, and I, I do understand why. I understand the benefits, and I guess that they're dangling a bit of a carrot in, in front of their, their customers to obviously improve their overall improve their overall reviews and, and this trust pilot side of things. So a few learnings from me today, obviously, to, to, to summarise before we get into your example, is firstly, marketing is a bigger beast than I initially gave a credit for, yep. which is obviously a good it, thing. It can be overwhelming. It's like anything. It's like financial planning oh, for your I client. appreciate that. Absolutely. It can be overwhelming, but I think if you can find your niche or what works for your business, it, it is reasonably simple. The key take that I have is, which is something I'm pretty big on in general anyway, is your marketing plan should adapt and be innovative as the world around you changes. Absolutely. You know, big 
well, obviously we discussed a bit about social media and whatnot. 20 years ago, that would never have been part of your plan because it didn't exist. Now that it does exist, a bit like crypto, you can't really ignore that it is there. You know, things change in the world. So can you use it to your advantage or maybe not? And the other one is try things. If it doesn't work, at least you know you've tried it. Mm. And now you know that it doesn't work. So you can cross it off your list, deal with the devil you know a little bit. And always try and that brand awareness, make sure that's as consistent, as up to date, as refreshed as possible. I will actually ask you about something that's popped up right now. So a big change in the marketing world that I've come across lately and a lot of people have is, is Facebook rebranding to, to Meta. Can you talk around why? I know this is a bit of a question without notice, but yeah, can sure. you talk about why they might have done that? What are the potential benefits? What was wrong with the Facebook name? Yep. Although I'm, I'm personally curious. I hope some of the listeners are as well. Yeah, I think um, it's a funny one. I've sort of been keeping up to date with the whole meta announcement. And um, yep. so Facebook owned Instagram, yep. so that's pretty well known. Yep. Um, but Microsoft owned LinkedIn. You know, so, um, so you're starting to get to this stage where these big tech giants kind of own other um, large tech brands. Snapchat and whatnot are all so, involved yeah. in those as well. Yeah. So you sort of look at it and you think, um, and I think what Facebook are trying to do is to say, and I, and I think Facebook, although it is the biggest social media network on the planet, it is ageing. And I think uh, over time they probably thought Instagram was their young person's kind of, um, uh, they bought Instagram, they've tried to buy Snapchat, they've tried to buy you know TikTok. Um, so I think uh, they're trying to get to that younger demographic. But I think what they've decided to do now is what we're going to do is remove the, the focus away from being Facebook Incorporated that owns Instagram and that might own TikTok and we're going to become uh, sort of a bigger brand called Meta. Okay. Um, and that may might open a few doors to enable them to take on other tech. So maybe they'll come out with a Meta phone, like Google come out with a phone. Ah, so it broadens or their, it might, their potential scope. Yeah. Because okay. if Facebook is a social network, so if you say oh, Facebook's going to buy a, Facebook's going to release some um, some glasses that sort of you can browse the internet on, um, like go, Google that's glasses, an Apple thing. Why yeah, are they you doing might that? Well, do Google doing that? So I think Meta probably opens up there. I think probably opens them up to say, look, we can actually do a whole lot of other stuff, and that's where the Mark Zuckerberg videos that came out mm. of him, you know, in um, you know, in the future, we'll be able to sort of play tennis with you with your hologram up the other end of the tennis court and all that stuff. So that sort of stuff wow. came out, which which maybe is just future gazing a little bit there. But I think it's just to broaden the brand. So to take it away from being a social network and into a tech brand that they can use for a lot of different things. So yeah. if that is the reason, which it sounds like it probably quite well be, it makes sense to do it. Yeah. Broaden, broaden your scope, broaden your client base, yeah. increase on. your customer base, as yep. we've spoken about today. The so poor buggers got smashed because that yeah. logo they came up with sort of... Bit funny. Unfortunately, it's like logo design forever that we do as well but you, it's almost nearly impossible now to come up with 100 something 100 percent original that even part of it doesn't reflect something else and same color was, for example there's only a certain amount of colors in the world yeah right? exactly so i saw a i saw a social media meme come up and it was all the different brands that sort of look a bit like that meta brand that they brought out <laughs> i felt a bit sorry for them i thought well they're trying to they're going to become the most recognisable brand on the planet, basically, this yeah. meta. So, um, yeah, that was just something that, you know, that they couldn't get away from, but they got smashed a bit on social media. It's interesting media. you say about the usership. I, I was actually talking to my partner not long ago. I reckon 90% of my social media usage is LinkedIn and Instagram, and yep. maybe 10 would be Facebook, if yep. that. Like, I, I use it mainly for, like, for news. I've, yep. You know, that's about it. All yeah. of my real social side of things with friends and all is, is mainly Instagram, whereas Facebook, I purely... So you are right when I think about it. Yeah. It, is, it is definitely targeted more and to... You're, and your age, Danny, you're sort of more in that demographic, mm. you know. So I'm mid-40, so people... I've probably got a, a lot more of my friends still on Facebook yep. to this day. Yep. But um, 
But at the same time, yeah, a lot of them are on Instagram only as well, and they've dumped Facebook. Well, my wife's one, you know, she's dumped Facebook. Doesn't use it, gone, yeah, yep. And she's just on Instagram 100% of the time. So probably yeah. not the worst thing because I, I think <laughs> I spend too much time on my phone anyway. So just to wrap up, Gav, thanks very much. I found today very, very informative actually, so it's been good. Now, as I did say, you've sort of discussed, you know, building from the ground up with a marketing plan in a theoretical point of view. Now let's put it all together in a live example. I know you've got one there. Um, please take it away with that. Yeah, sure, Danny. We, um, I just want to give an example as someone that started from scratch um, and just had to start everything from the start. So we had a client walk into our Mildura office um, last year and he'd invented a, a hand tool to take bark off uh, grapevines um, to expose mealybug, which is a little tiny little bug, which sort of ends up um, ruining the grapevine and, and gets into the fruit and then they can't use the fruit. So the idea is to get the bark off and then they can use their citrus sprays or their organic sprays to sort of kill off the mealybug and then they get a lot more. So the one grapevine, might, might, um, you might get twice as many grapes off it, for example, because it doesn't have any mealybug in it. So as mm-hmm. soon as there's this mealybug in, in the grapes, it's no good. So It's a good tool. So it's just a hand tool that he's come up with. He's an engineer. Um, Vince, great bloke up there. Hopefully he's a good listener of the podcast. Shout um, out to Vince. And he, uh, he, w- he came to us and said, look, I've never marketed anything. I don't know what I'm doing for anything. I don't even know what to call it. It's just a tool thing that you put in your hand and this is what it does. And he showed me a video. So I said, we went away and he, so he invented it, he engineered it and he produced it. So he's had, he had initially had a thousand made over in China and brought them over and he started selling them over, over here. So from his um, pro, um, prototypes that he'd made. So we brainstormed a name. So we come up with a name. When you brainstorm names for businesses, Danny, so you've got to check whether someone else has already got that business name on the Australian yes. business name register. And mm-hmm. you've also got to check whether someone's got the domain name, so the website name, so www.whatever.com.au. So if no good coming up with a great name and then you check and someone else has already got it. Yep. So you can't do that. So that was part of it. Once we um, we, we um, decided on one called Barkbuster. Um, was the name in the end. So we came back to him with about 12 different names that all worked out as, as in no one else had them and um, he came up with – and he chose Barkbuster in the end. Um, so we came up with the branding and the logo. We then de- developed a website, the Google and Bing listings, which is part of that digital footprint we spoke about. Um, he'd also done some um, filming and videos on his phone, which were pretty good, so we were able to edit those up, add some voiceover, add some key points, um, words over the top, um, put them on his website and they're also on YouTube – um, we established some social media accounts and then he also um, and started posting on them and also uh, designed some print posters and postcards because what he was doing, Danny, is sort of selling them to farmers but also selling them to farm uh, retail outlets that could then sell them on to their customers. So sort of he had some wholesalers. So we designed some print posters and postcards that he could mm-hmm. sort of hand out at those retail outlets. So for a guy that sort of walked in the door with an invention and a thing in his hand and said, this is the thing I've invented, I think it's going to be good. What do I do from here? What do I do next? So we came up with name, logo, digital footprint. Everything else Filmed almost. and edited videos, uh, got it all out there. And look, it has gone really, really well. So he sold his first 500 in the first month first month of operation. So he sort of sold his half of his first lot that yeah. he made, which actually got him back all of his in initial investment in, in the business. So, um, And from that standpoint, he's now got a, a really good website. Um, he's talking to some overseas buyers as well because grapevines are all around the world. Oh, for sure. Um, so, and this particular um, tool that he's got is, is quite innovative. So it gives, it gives you an example that if you get the basis right, that foundation we spoke about earlier, so all the stumps of the house, we got all that pretty solid first. And um, 
it's enabled him to sort of look pretty professional, even though he's a one-man show, working out of his engineering, a welding place up in Mildura. But you never um, to know if you buy the product. Yeah. That's the whole point of it is brand awareness, exactly. digital footprint, all of that. What do you want your brand to look like and yep. what do you want the public perception of it to be? Yep. And look, it's not something that you can do for $100. Like it probably no. that whole the whole thing could be four or $5,000 worth of work, but it's an investment in your business to go forward and, and um, make sure that you present it in such a way to... Know, the, the the world out there and in and the it, business world though you've got to spend a dollar to make a dollar yeah in a way you've got to sort of have that perception of oh i'm a i'm a rigid business so i'm professional this is what i'm doing um and look that that did definitely help him do that and he and he sort of says look i wouldn't have got those sales without um the footprint and everything looking so good um and developed so well so that's just one example of you know you don't have to be an expert in any of this danny if you've listened to today's podcast and you're just not sure about any of it that's why we we exist to come in and have a chat to us um, there could be some things in today's podcast. Hopefully you can say, right, I'm going to go off and do that myself. Um, happy days. Um, but yeah, if, if anyone's out there and wants to have a chat, come and um, contact us at the marketing team here at Mulcane Co, mate. Absolutely. So that, that, that is the whole point of this podcast. It's for our small to medium business owners out there that, you know, may have a marketing plan that might be a little tired, a little bit outdated. How can I, you know, update it, refresh it to reflect my new brand and my new purpose? Are you looking at rebranding? All those sorts of things. And they don't know really, they don't know where to go. Or it's those people out there that are still working for themselves, they're working for um, another employer that wants to start their own business. And they think, oh, gee, I've got an idea, which is where they all come from. Our Barkbuster idea, Facebook, you know, Zuckerberg came up with an idea in the dormant Harvard. It all starts with an idea. How do you then build from there? Um, and that's where the marketing team here at here at Mulcahy, uh come in and help out. Can help out. Um, and also, Danny, I've got um, most of what we've spoken about, the question-answer idea into written into an article as well okay. uh, up on our website. So jump on mulcahy.com.au, guys, and click on News at the top, and um, the article will be there. So the question answers from Danny and I. So if you want to go back and listen to the podcast or read a bit about it or flick that link onto a friend or something, uh, maybe you've got a great idea to go into business with your best friend and you can send the link off and say, right, we've got our marketing sorted. This is what we're going to do. So, And if you um, look at the back catalogue, there's also a podcast about protecting um, what, what we call the exit strategy of your business as well. If you do go into absolutely. business with a friend, <laughs> a little bit of self-indulgence there, I'm sorry, Gav. So absolutely. Now, let's say you are someone out there that does want to get in touch with you about looking at a marketing plan, fixing it up or starting one. How do we go about getting in contact with you, Gav? Um, all our details are on the molk.com.au website. Danny, so um, yeah, we've even got a heap of examples of our work there. So links off to you know, 100 odd websites we've built um, and examples of logos we've designed, all that sort of stuff. So uh, any of that sort of stuff, have a good look through our folio um, and all my contacts are on the marketing pages of that website. And I'm happy to give a testimonial to that Gavin does a great job. So um, Gav, I'll now again reverse the roles over to you and I'll allow you to wrap up your podcast the way that you like to do it. So thanks for thanks for um, giving me the hosting duties today. Thanks, I got Danny. actually really really enjoyed it. So I hope you got a bit out of it being the guest. Hope you ticked all your boxes. Um, and we'll we'll speak again another day. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, and I, d- I just hope that the listeners out there have sort of learned a bit from today that we've gone through about six different sort of topics there, Danny. So um, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Cheers. All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals.